Hey guys, this is John, and welcome to another episode of the Meat Gistics Podcast. Uh, currently, we have no Patrick and no Austin. I've got Justin behind there with me. Say hi, Justin. Um, so we'll see what happens. Probably going to be a short one. I've got some cool things to talk about. We've got some interesting news stories. Um, but for most of you who listen, you know that Austin does the majority of the intellectual you know, heavy lifting when we're talking about the news stories, because, you know, I make sausage. I don't <laughs> spend my time thinking about things. All right. So first things first, we just had our Cyber Monday live stream, had a great time, gave away a bunch of stuff. We had tons of coupons, uh, gift certificates that we were giving away. Uh, those coupons were pretty interesting. For the, anyone who didn't join us, we were doing, first one was 10% off, but we were including sale items. Like we never do that. So people could get 10% off more than sale items. And we had eight of those. Those probably went in like three or four minutes. So then people were, you know, wanting more, wanting more, obviously. So Austin Caved made another eight of the 10% off. Those went in, I don't know, less than a minute. And then we finally at the end gave the 20% off that was only for four uses. It was, so I put the, the coupon code in chat. By the time I got to the back end to check, all four were gone. So people were sitting there with their cart already and just boop, got it. So smart, good for those people, happy for them. Um, we had a, a very successful uh, Black Friday to Cyber Monday. We had thousands of packages shipped. Uh, Brett does something really cool. He allows everybody to take a guess on how many packages we're going to ship, right? So it's not orders, it's how many packages. So some orders are going to go as one package. Other orders might be 10 different boxes that we're shipping out. So you're betting on the number of boxes, not the orders. Um, for the second year in a row, shipping won all three. So well, they, I don't, I don't they put those things out though. What's that? They put those things out though. Yeah, but so you have would... to guess before. Ah. So there's so many things that can come into it. When we finished our live stream, um, Austin was going over how many packages had shipped. And I stood up real fast because I was getting ready to do the lights out dance. I don't, do you even know who Sean Merriman is? Do you remember him? I don't think so. He was an outside linebacker for the Chargers, and oh. he would do this lights out dance yeah, when yeah, he yeah. got a sack. Okay. Uh, and then he said, but that the number he put in, he's like, but that doesn't include freight. I was like, oh, I've lost. Because I was off, like, I was within 50 of my guess, but I didn't, once you add all the freight shipments that go, that blew it up, and I was way, way under. Um, but anyways, the live stream is a great time. We went from 12 to five. That is one of my favorite live streams to do every year. Uh, we're going to do another one, probably not quite as long at uh, the, probably on the last day of the 12 days of Christmas sale. Um, speaking of that, that is coming up. Uh, we will be starting that on, I believe the seventh. Yep. So a week from today that starts. Now, Patrick's not here because He's not feeling well. We're hoping it's nothing that's going to keep him out long term because we haven't shot any of that. And that's a hard one for him to edit. Like there's a lot of graphics that go into that. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we might have a, a different version of it than what you guys are used to. It may be daily YouTube videos with just talking about what's on sale that day. We'll see. Um, we are also going to return. By the time you're listening to this, we will have returned to normal shipping. Um, but that will be Friday. By the next Wednesday, start of the sale, I will have some sort of 
reduced shipping running again. So you can place more orders without getting absolutely slaughtered on shipping if you order a bunch of different things. Um, couple other things. Want to take a second to uh, thank all the other departments in Walton's who don't get to come on things like live streams, podcasts, but the work they put in is absolutely crucial to making sure everything runs. Um, you know, we've got shipping, actually picking your orders, putting everything in a box and getting it out to you. I've got purchasing, making sure that they're getting all of those items in for you guys to be able to buy. Um, for them to be able to buy, like it's such a privilege to be able to buy from us. It is a privilege. Uh, then we've got accounting, making sure all of the lights are on. We've got customer service, helping people with order questions, helping people with product questions. We've got our actual service, repairing commercial equipment. And that's really what they do. And then we've got some of the smartest guys in the house, commercial sales, but they get enough love from the customers. So we don't really need to include them. Uh, we also have Walter, who is our new... Uh, custodian. I'm not exactly sure what his title is, but man, that guy, I'm no longer the first employee here anymore. Okay. I was always, not always. I was 95% of the time first person here. I don't think I've been the first person here uh, three or four weeks. Yeah. I mean, he is, there's Our one worker. day a week he comes in later, but other than, oh, look who's here. Austin is here. You coming on up? Cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, he is here before I am every day. So he is awesome. We really, really like him. I was just thanking Walter. So oh, sweet. Yep. All right. Let's get to this then. So Excalibur. You actually waited for me for the food? There were two chicken breasts. Oh. <laughs> so, so don't, don't get too excited. Uh, so Excalibur will send us some samples of stuff from time to time uh, when they got a new season that they want to try. The only knife available to you is my oversized <laughs> quail forever knife. So, Hey, I paid a lot of money for that. You are going to be using, or I'm going to be using it every chance I get. Uh, so this one is maple. Let me read it. Exactly. It is Canadian maple Dijon marinade. Now it says use 0.6 of, 0.65 of a pound of seasoning and 0.4 pounds of water to 10 pounds of meat. Um, optionally, add 20 pounds of maple syrup. No, sorry. Add 0.2 pounds <laughs> of maple syrup uh, and 0.075 pounds of vegetable oil. That sounds terrible. Uh, I didn't weigh anything out. I just like guessed it and thought I was over-seasoning it. I under-seasoned it. And by 10%, yeah. So, I mean, a Bad. statistically important amount, but not like incredible. What do you think? The flavor is kind of light. Yeah. But it's a good flavor. Now take this and dip it in some of that dry seasoning right there. Tell me if that changes your, your opinion on anything. Oh, that's like stuck on there real good. It's probably got a lot of sugar in it. Here, well, let's just pour some more on there. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, just... That's how you do Coat it. Coat it in it. My God. Do you, you, you know me. Like know. that's, that's yeah, how I, I operate. That's really good. Right. Really good. But could it be better as a rub than as a marinade? Potentially. Yeah. I mean, the biggest benefit to the marinade is you're going to hopefully soak up some moisture and retain more moisture. But to be honest, most of the time, the chicken that you get from the store anyways is pumped full of stuff already so i bought um 
the blue package chicken, which is the organic whatever. Oh, it was yeah. pumped less. Um, and when I was slapping it with this, like I did, definitely saw moisture coming out of it. So maybe a jacar tenderizer is a good way to reduce that amount that they've pumped it with a little bit. I mean, definitely malleting it, like tenderizing would help. Mm-hmm. Oh. Basically, yeah, press out some of the moisture so you can soak up some of your own. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thought process. That would work. But as far as the cook goes on the chicken, I mean, I hit it out of the park again. It's good. I needed that, though, after the slightly overcooked steaks on the live stream. The steak was still great. Yes. It was, there was still red to it. It was cooked to a nice, maybe it, uh, the, the high side of medium. Um, which is unacceptable. Nah, it's still fine. Still plenty juicy, plenty, plenty tender. I mean, there's it, it was still warm when it came in here. It wasn't rare and still and cold on the inside. I basically want to be chasing the cow down when I'm eating it. That's the level I look for. Okay. Um, now I told you this before, but I found a setting or a page in gleam that showed me users ranked on how many actions they've done in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And nothing has convinced me more that the number of ways you enter matters than this. There were 20 users per page on that first page that represented 15 winners. Now, some of those had won multiple times, but still, out of 20, 15 had won something. Yeah. That's insane. It is. We have, I mean, we have a lot of people that enter, but at the same time, we give a lot of stuff away. And so if, if you're diligent about entering, it's, I can't, I mean, you can't promise anything. It's right. still random odds, but your odds are pretty good that you're going to win something eventually. So absolutely do that. Speaking of winning something, Austin and I are both <laughs> a, somewhere between happy and cheesed off because somebody won a pass it on outdoor mentors gun and it was not us but it was somebody that we directed to enter you you made me think it might have been like <laughs> that's my favorite part me or somebody like here you or me or something I, I, it, it crossed my mind for a second the way i first saw the email i was like is that me or oh no is it actually john and he's like <laughs> just razzing me like is that you but if i won one i would either hold it for the podcast and surprise you live <laughs> or more likely I'm not going to be able to contain myself and I will be coming in physically to celebrate. Yeah. There won't be just a simple, Oh, look who won. There'll be some sort of dance and whatever. But I did email him uh, cause Tex saw it and made a post. He's like, Hey, is this you? So I emailed him. Um, cause I saw the winner. I was like, I, like, I know who that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he responded, he's like, yep. Yep, I won. He's trying to figure out how to get it um, transferred out to where he is now. That's so, awesome. I mean, you know, we have that list. So I sent him a link to where he could download uh, all the FFLs in his state. Is that your phone? Yeah, that's me. Okay. There's nothing we're going to be able to do about that? I can turn it off. Okay. That'd probably be for the best. Um, all right. Also, up there is... My dear jerky. Now, what's up? You Did you put soy sauce in it? No. Oh, but here's the problem. Goodness. Here's the problem. As I ate a few pieces, I realized that that is a mislabel. How'd you do that? I just 
we were using the roll stock machine and probably just got turned around on one. But I did two different flavors. I did the bold and both of them are like that tender jerky. Um, that one is not bold. It's the other one. Well, it still has a red pepper flake on it. So did you do like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to try Go it. ahead. Try it. Austin is trying to guess what seasoning it could be. There's just, there was a red pepper flake, but there's like not enough heat for me to really identify what it is. It's one you hate. Fascinating podcast when we're just both eating. Is it the teriyaki? It is. Because it has kind of a teriyaki flavor, but I think sometimes the tender jerky kind of just has a little bit of that to it anyways, because it has that sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I didn't know there was actually red pepper flakes in that. I know it's hot. Strangely, our teriyaki is... For what reason? Don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it. yeah, it has a little bit of heat to it. If you want a truly sweet teriyaki, you have to do our sweet teriyaki. Yeah. Justin, but, are you a teriyaki fan at all? Um, seasoning? Yeah, I like teriyaki. The do you teriyaki think of seasoning? it as hot? No, I wouldn't say it's hot now. At all. Like I've never gotten teriyaki chicken from anywhere and be like, whoo, that's spicy. But you eat our just regular teriyaki and it'll... It'll get you sweating a little bit. As the tender jerky with all the sugar, it really helps like keep you from getting to that like, oh, that's hot. There's just like, I, I'd say like now there's just a spice to it. Yeah, there's a little bit, you get a little bit of heat on the tongue, but nothing, mm -hmm. nothing too crazy. But as far as just quality of jerky goes. It's good. That is good. It's very good. It was really well taken care of, well processed, even though I'm saying that about my own jerky. But uh, this nails it i will 100 percent be trying to fill my doe tag later probably rifle season i really want to go out in public land and do a spot and stock i mean i know that's way harder and probably way above my skill level at this point but i'm also one of those people who like i will not happily but i will 100 percent put myself through misery if there's like a, <laughs> a thing i'm trying to accomplish i'll sit out in the you know negative whatever degree weather while it's snowing and stuff if i'm going to be able to kill something yeah. that sounds wrong but if you just like if it, if there's something you just say i'm doing this and that that stubbornness yep. just takes over i i get that because um it depends on what it is i'm not stubborn as it used to be i relate that to, for me like back to like running when i was actually like in shape because i i could do things that I don't know why humans can do. Um, and I, it was just, it was only just because I was just like, I'm doing this. I'm going to do it. I don't really care how much it hurts. We're just going to do it. But if there was, I, I, I want to see you do that because I think it would be entertaining to hear what happens for you to go out and try to stalk a deer and take one down. Do you, have you watched like the old YouTube videos when he started? You ever gone back yeah, to that? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So he was, I don't know how much he weighed back then, but it wasn't much. Oh, uh, 10. It depends like 130 to 160. Jeez. Like my like race weight was like, yeah, 135 to 140. I'm pretty sure I weighed 130 to, or 130 pounds in like seventh grade. <laughs> so we were the same, same weight at that point, but it was, he would just like go out and run 16 miles. 16 miles. Yeah, it wouldn't be like it was a planned or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I ran 16 miles today. That oh. was the fourth time I ran. What do you mean? I ran the, when I started running, I ran like three miles and I was like, oh, I can do this. Uh, not bad. Next time I ran eight. Oh, a couple of days later, I ran eight and I was like, 
this isn't no thing. I just next time I run and see how far I can run. And I don't remember exactly what I ran, but I yeah, ran like 16 or 17 miles. Um, That's insane. Just, but you would like the, in that training cycle or like you would never run for nobody runs for fun. You would never run to beat your demons down before then. No, no. Uh-uh. Wow. Just that is actually one day started but, running and, and I was like, I'm good at this. So then I just, that's, that's how it started. And then I, yeah, I ran all the time and, hmm. uh, yeah, I just on a Saturday morning, wake up and just go, yeah, let's see how far we get today. Go run 20 miles just for the heck of it. Would your knees and stuff hurt after that? Knees, no. Uh, I mean, your muscles, you build up so much lactic acid. I mean, it just, yeah. you get to a point. That's usually when I'd stop is like, okay, uh, it hurts to take steps. Yeah, so <laughs> we need to stop. Uh, and then I, just like any other workout, I mean, you're going to be sore. But were you heavy when you started or had you already lost mm-hmm. a ton of weight? I had already lost okay. weight at that point. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause if you see a, a picture of any of the Waltons when you guys were like in, I assume what was like high school age, you were all pretty hefty guys. I was a little bigger in high school. I wasn't that big. I didn't get big until college and just after college. Uh, then I lost weight and then I got fat again. <laughs> the Waltons have this terrible cycle of oh, like being fat, being skinny, being fat, being skinny. It's not just you guys. It's everybody. It's America. America. <laughs> yeah. That uh-huh. just happens. That's what it is. Okay. Um, this is interesting. A uh, couple of months ago, I did a, a test where I went to Google, DuckDuckGo, and Brave. I just went to the news section. I typed in meat, and I counted all the stories that were not actually about meat or were negative about meat. And DuckDuckGo was a little bit better better than Google, but not a ton. But then Brave, the Brave browser search was like way, 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 way better. Something is either, they're either Brave has sold, changed something, or there's just that many negative stories about meat slash stories that are not actually meat. They're (laughs) cultured or vegetable meat whatever because it was just as bad this time no so you tried it again uh-huh or, yeah no nope. it was i i think it was eight out of ten on google were either negative or not about meat seven on the other two both of the other two were seven i was shocked that's crazy I, to be honest my assumption would be they just change stuff because everybody wants to be google they just they, they want to have as good a search results as Google does, so they try to mimic everything to return the similar to same type of thing. Yeah, but Brave's entire thing is like a non-algorithm or non-invasive algorithm. Yeah, like, it can still be non-invasive while still delivering the same basic results. It's just they deliver those results without knowing your every thought and action on the internet that you ever take. Yeah. I don't know. It just annoys me because I had thought like, oh, we found our browser that is not, you know, anti-meat and current whatever, or, you know, pro whatever the current thing is. But apparently they... Yeah, maybe the narrative will change someday on the typical media's opinion about the about meat and the meat mm-hmm. industry, but I don't have my hopes up. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. All right. Getting into uh, meat matters. First story, chicken is up. Beef is down. What is going on with meat prices? 
So uh, the price of your average grocery run is nearly 8% higher than it was compared to the same time last year. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But the prices of everything in your cart aren't all trending in the same way. Apples have gotten 5% more expensive and breakfast cereal is up nearly 25%. The meat department prices aren't being effective equal or affected equally either. Chicken and turkey have risen by 17% since last October. So smart for buying that 80 pounds of chicken. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, the cost of beef and veal is actually down 3.6% over last year. Does that surprise you? Mm-hmm. Surprises me too. However, I was thinking about it. It was probably about a year ago, the first time where I said I put a steak back. Yeah. That was probably about a year ago. So that might make sense. I don't know. I don't notice a whole lot of difference on beef. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's up, but to hear that it's down at all kind of surprises me. I feel like it's just kind of about the same that it's been, but... I don't know at three at three percent. It could be that eight out of ten cuts are flat, and two of them dropped a dollar. Right. And yeah, that, and it, that made up the three percent. It's not like three point six percent or whatever is going to make me care one way or the other. Like that's not either going to make me not buy it or buy it. My quarter should be in very shortly at Crables, so I will go up there and be extremely happy. I'll bring it all in for either a podcast or something. Um, for Christmas live stream, what do you want to do? So we have the 12 days of Christmas starts on the 7th. So that ends it uh, a week. The 19th. Before Christmas. So that ends it on the 19th. Do we want to do one then or do we want to wait till after Christmas? Wait, like a live stream podcast? Live stream. Live stream. Yeah, we should probably do a live stream that day. Probably not as long as our Thanks Black Monday live but stream. But longer than normal. Longer like than go normal. live at two. Go yeah. from two to five or something. Yeah. Um, we'll still, yeah. Be worthwhile to still do a bunch of fun stuff. Give a bunch. I, I enjoyed on the, the Thanks Black Monday live stream, giving away like a bunch of the gift cards. And then emailing just, them. Yeah, that I was, was emailing them like live yep. on the deal and people yep. were responding in the, the chat. Hey, I got it. That was sweet because then also then we don't have to deal with putting oh, an order in. It's my least favorite part of it, it the next day. Yeah. So actually, and so I might actually set up a little deal on our internal biz site to just put in an email address and hit go and just send it because oh, be awesome. I'm because I'm I'm lazy like that. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, that I think that made it fun doing like that because it was so much easier. We gave away, I don't know, like seven, eight hundred bucks in gift cards. Um, Just it was in like seven hundred bucks in gift cards. Wow. Well, no, some of that was from something else too. Whatever else you did. I don't remember. Oh, uh, the winner of the 20 pound meat mixer already had a 50 pound. So he was okay. looking at something else. So I just created him a card. value. Yeah. So, but it, I, I felt like every time, like I, looked at the time i'm like crap i need to draw another one so it was just winter after winter after winter it went fast and it was fun doing it that way it yeah. went really fast and i liked having other people come in like mm -hmm. that was that was actually helpful your dad i think he said he told you this too had a really good point we should have a countdown timer for like hey we're going to draw our next winner for a gift card in 20 minutes and that countdown timer starts mm -hmm. so that a then people know and b we remember but we didn't really get lost or anything like we normally do. Like normally we're no. kind of like, uh, what are we doing? 
<laughs> and then right at the end, we're like, oh, we got to do this and this and this. This was well paced, I thought. Yeah, it went real smooth. Nope. Um, okay. So getting back to the story, uh, bird flu is obviously one of the main drivers on why the price of chicken is going up while the price of other things come down. Uh, whatever. I just found that interesting. My biggest complaint on prices right now is eggs. And so it says eggs are 43% up. You think I, it's more? I'd say it's at least that. Um, I don't remember what the exact price was. My wife told me what she, she bought uh, eggs for a few weeks ago, and I like lost it. I'm like, no, we're not buying eggs anymore. That's ridiculous. And then the next time I was at the store, um, we went to a different store. I think we, we went to Costco. We bought like the bigger thing from Costco, and it was more reasonable i'm like okay but just like the 12 pack of eggs from target yeah. or kroger was so insane like, was it like 5.99 or something uh-huh. yeah so i told my wife that and she's like no you're looking at the wrong thing it's like what yeah. no like, i obviously know what this is but yeah. you know she doesn't want to hear anything all right next story is uh one i already had before tex released his <laughs> Whatever thing, but um, McDonald's accuses top meat processors of fixing pork prices. So it's something that's been going on for a, a while, but the action accuses such companies as Tyson, JBS, Smith, Smithfield, and Hormel of sharing production, pricing, and profit information via syndication services called Agristats to manipulate production levels. The suit alleges that the data enabled the processors to command a higher cost from wholesale customers by rigging the amount of pork that was on the market. It's fairly specific. They know what service they were right? using. Means that they've got a lot more than just like a, you know, a hunch. Uh-huh. They, they know. In the, the article, they said that the McDonald's suit does not request a specific amount of damages, which I assume means that they're just hoping the jury's going to be like, oh yeah, no, you guys pay big for this. Yeah. I usually... It depends on what type of damages they award, if they're just compensatory or if they're punitive. If they're compensatory, like they would have, they're going to have to give a dollar amount at some point. But if it's punitive, they, it's, yeah, the jury can just go, yeah, $5 billion. We don't like you today. I'm available for that jury if necessary. Just (laughs) telling you, U.S. government, I'm usually all about jury nullification, but I would be willing to sit on this jury. Now, you, you, you still have to go into a jury and be impartial. I think you might get kicked off. <laughs> oh, I know I'd get kicked off. There's, yeah, there's not a chance. Um, but here's the other part of it. Like, I don't like McDonald's either. Like, yes, I, the big guys, I, I think they do tons of shady stuff, but it's not like McDonald's is some beloved, you know. Yeah. They're not a small business that's getting hurt by a big corporation. Yeah. They're a big corporation. I would say punitive damages to the big four that go to the jurors evenly. So we split it amongst ourselves. Um, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too. I don't remember what the story was, but how much of the food industry is like fraud? Is it huge? What do you mean? Are we talking like like, like the discussion fixing. we had on like Parmesan cheese type of deal? I mean, we could fix, we could, that can shoehorn in here. But I was thinking more like things like price fixing. I don't know. I mean, all, I don't know. They're I, all speculative. And uh, like we've talked about 
a bunch of times, nobody's actually going and checking ingredient statements. Like no one's going in and taking something off the shelf and going, oh, I'm going to test how many calories are actually in this meal. So they could be like, oh, you know, just 10 calories. Meanwhile, there's 85. Nah. Yes. If you got caught. So doing somebody that, did though. get caught recently. We talked about it, but that means people are doing it. Yeah. It was, uh, was it beyond? I, I shouldn't say it was one of those not meat, meat ones. A plant -based they were, protein they were lying about the amount of protein that was in it. They were underrepresenting something and then overrepresenting something else. Mm. Oh, oh, overrepresenting the protein. So nonsense. Interesting. I, I imagine it's a good amount, but that, Parmesan cheese story is one of my favorite stories. For anyone who doesn't know, there was a problem with Parmesan cheese. Specifically, it was coming out of Italy, yeah. um, and it had a huge amount of cardboard in it instead of Parmesan cheese, which just makes me laugh. Um, I'm not even really going to talk about this one, uh, but to avoid another pandemic, we need to eat less meat. Yeah. So yeah. I, my only thing on that is, lol, okay. No. Yeah. Um, but what they are talking about is bird flu. Uh, they're, oh. that's what they're. Bird flu has been is. like a, a thing for a long time that has freaked people out. I had a teacher years ago that was constantly like raving about bird flu, bird flu. It's going to be a pandemic. We're all going to die type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and yeah, we've, there's been some issues with some things here and there, but not like COVID pandemic level type of stuff. So it's I all no. It's all about turtle flu. Once turtle that flu. happens, forget it, man. Humanity's gone. That's terrible. Yeah, I have no idea what that's from Parks and Recreation or something. Um, all right, next one. Uh, Creekstone Farms Cargill see high demand for claims-based meat products. Okay. So this one's going to sprawl a little bit. So nearly 90% of consumers purchase at least some beef with production claims or premium attributes. And 63% of consumers like to know more about who, what, where, and how behind the food they buy. This is according to Midden Marketing and Power of Meat Data. So from Arkansas City, uh, Kansas-based Creekstone Farms has prioritized meeting this growing consumer demand for transparency and claims-based products, says Jim Rogers, the company's senior vice president of sales. Their ABF grass-fed option is a top choice for customers who are concerned about this. All right, so what is claims-based meats? Because... I think he's he, starting to hear that at least more. Um, but really what we're talking about here is no antibiotics, which is fairly obvious. Yeah. Um, no hormones. So that would be one that's raised without any added hormone. Obviously, they're not somehow making these cattle not have hormones. That wouldn't work. Um, animal, animal welfare approved, which is just a certification that you get from this organization called the Greener World. They're exactly who you would think they were with that name and what they do. Um, and then there's certified humane. So that is no antibiotics or hormones. It's a raised in a shelter with enough room. And there's 54 pages of documentation that you have to follow if you want to meet that standard. Wow. So at some point, I will try to go through those 54 pages. But that one, the certified humane, I think is the one that interests me the most. One, because it, you know, it has no hormones and no antibiotics in it. Um, but I am interested in, in what else all goes into that. Uh, we've talked, actually, we haven't talked about veal in a long time, mm -mm. but you know, there's obviously some ethical problems with veal. Um, 
Not so much with the new rosé veal, which you see way more than regular veal, or at least I see way more than regular veal now. Although that might be just because I bought it, and that's why I get ads for it. The rosé veal. What what exactly classifies as veal? Like uh, veal is a calf. Is a that. I mean, it's obviously it's enclosed in a very tight environment, so it can't move around a bunch so that it's meat stays really nice and tender and it doesn't get like, you know, the more muscly it gets, the less tender it's going to be. Um, and I want to say it's only bottle fed. I want to say they don't hmm. let it eat anything other than so milk. According to the the search engine gods out there, um, Feels uh, very bad the, for the, the first thing that pulls up is like zero to 12 months, uh, less than 200 kilos, uh, then it can get classified as veal. There's I, something else with its diet. I might be getting some veal if that's the only, uh, requirement. I don't know exactly how big it'll be. It's probably going to be under 200 kilos. Oh, did you buy a uh, cow? No, uh, my mother-in-law, one of her cows. Um, I don't remember why, but she's like, uh, we're going to, we're going to get this process. Do you want half? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll take half. Sure. Why not? So, um, get that. Not going to get it for a number of months yet. So I don't know. It could get bigger by then, but at least right now it's definitely under those. All right. What qualifies veal? Because it's something with the diet. And I might be exactly opposite on that. They might actually take it away from its mother at an earlier, earlier date. Are you seeing anything? Uh, here is an actual deal from USDA. Uh, what is veal? Veal is the meat from a calf or young beef animal. A veal calf is raised until about 16 to 18 weeks of age, weighing up to 450 pounds. Male dairy calves are used in the veal industry. Dairy cows must give birth to continue producing milk, but male dairy calves are of little or no value to the dairy farmer. A small percentage are raised to maturity and used for breeding. So nothing about diet? No. No. Oh, okay. I could be wrong there. I know people will be shocked to hear that or at least hear me admit it so openly um so we have that and then uh, oh there's more okay it taught, so there's another article how are veal calves raised um separated from the cows three days after birth they have a milk replacer diet that's what it is um do, 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 so they are taken away from the mother and then fed a specific like formula basically mm -hmm. okay that's the bulk of it the rest of it's just that's probably whatever. to prevent the hormones from the mother's milk i'm imagining whatever that replacer is potentially yeah yeah okay um so another of the kind of claims based meat are the usda prime choice and select and i don't know if everybody really knows what those mean um because even select sounds like oh this one's been selected out from other ones because it's high quality so i'm just going to read the definitions from the usda really quick so select beef is very uniform in quality and normally leaner than higher grades it's fairly tender but because it has less marbling marbling it may lack some of the juiciness and flavor of higher grades only the tender cuts should be cooked with dry heat other cuts should be marinated before cooking or braised to obtain maximum tenderness and flavor then 
Choice beef is high quality, but less marbling than prime. Choice roasts and steak from the loin and rib will be very tender, juicy, and flavorful and are suited for dry heat cooking. Many of the less tender cuts can also be cooked with dry heat, if not overcooked. I mean, you could over... You could dry anything out by overcooking it. Um, such cuts will be most tender if braised, roasted, or simmered with a small amount of liquid in a tightly covered pan. Or you could reverse serum and beat any of those ways. Um, prime beef is produced from young, well-fed beef cattle. It has abundant marbling, the amount of fat interspersed with lean meat, and is generally sold in restaurants and hotels. Prime roasts and steaks are excellent for dry cooking, such as broiling, roasting, or grilling. Those are the three definitions for that, if anyone was wondering. Next, we've got uh, Southern Minnesota Colleges launched training for next generation of meat cutters. I feel like we see one of these stories every six months or so. So that's good. I mean, people are giving students the training to do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. uh, two schools in Minnesota launched a pilot program offering meat cutting training, Ridgewater College in Wilmar and Central Lakes College in Brainerd. Uh, there's eight students enrolled in the first semester through Ridgewater. Program instructor Sophia Tomes uh, hears the butchers and processing plants about the desperate need for skilled staff, and some have already expressed interest in hiring these students. I get calls weekly from all over Minnesota, even into Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska, saying they need employees. They want cutters, and they want them to go through this program. So, excellent. I mean, I can't imagine that that, I would hope at least that their tuition is not insane for that. I would assume it's not horrible. It's It's got to be like a technical college type of level it can't be like a state university right. that's charging 500 bucks a credit hour or higher if you're out of state yeah it's got to be somewhat reasonable yeah because you're not getting an engineering degree it's not mm -hmm. it's so, really cool to see though it is um so this one is also from Tex. Uh, the profit tracker beef packer loses largest since 2017. It says the pendulum continues swinging toward cattle feeders as cash prices jumped $3 last week and left packers with their largest negative margins in nearly six years. Average cattle feeding margins were estimated at $165 per head the week ending in November 6th or 26th, according to the Sterling Beef Profit Tracker. Those average margins were up $41 ahead from the previous week. So in one week, they jumped $41. Beef packer margins were estimated at $28 per head loss, the largest per head loss for packers since January 2017, according to the Sterling's database. That compares with packer profits of 488 per head the same week a year ago. So we went from 488 to a $28 loss per head. We're not going to have a beef industry. Yeah. We're not going to have a beef industry if that's actually what it is. Um, last week's choice beef cutout averaged $251.23 per hundredweight, down $1.86 from the previous week, and down $18.81 from a year ago. That's insane. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, we had uh, Don, can't remember his last name, from uh, Cattlemen's Association on. Um, I mean, people are trying to ring alarm bells about this, but I don't feel like it's being talked about enough. 
eventually what are we going to have like six ranchers who are just conglomerations basically we've got to find a way to keep the small rancher in business <clears throat> if we want to keep eating like good quality beef something has to be done i mean and we do have like some um i don't know that i've actually ever had one from creekstone but like constantly hear about how, how mm, about how high quality their beef is but a lot of this stuff like where mcdonald's is getting their burgers from like that's not a beef i want anything to do with i don't want to eat a steak from that so um, but it did bring up another question. What is actually classifies as a beef packer? Um, so here's from the USDA. A packer buys livestock for slaughter, manufactures or prepares meats or meat food products for sale or shipment or market meats, meat food products or livestock products in an unmanufactured form, acting as a wholesaler, broker, dealer, or distributor. That really doesn't tell you much. Um, then... If you go to uh, the meat packer definition and meaning on Merriam-Webster, there is no definition. <laughs> then Urban Dictionary also returns a result for it, but there's nothing there. So uh, this is from Wikipedia, which is not something I would normally use, but the meat packing industry handles the slaughtering, processing, packaging, and distribution of meat from animals such as cattle, pigs, sheep, and other livestock. Poultry is generally not in included. This greater part of the entire meat industry is primarily focused on producing meat for human consumption, but it also yields a variety of byproducts, including hides, dried blood, protein meals, uh, meat and bone meal, and through the process of rendering fats and tallows. So that is who the packers are. Those are the guys taking it on the nose right now, I guess. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fairly wide definition because it says it could be somebody that just buys livestock for slaughter or they're actually manufacturing meat or they're a broker, a dealer, or distributor. Right. Like that's a lot of could be hop, anywhere. skips and jumps along the process. So, but not a rancher. No, everything after the rancher to the point of selling to a consumer. And famously over the last year or two years ranchers are losing money so ranchers are losing money the packers are losing money yet my beef stays very expensive how does this all make sense to be honest it doesn't make a whole lot of sense doesn't. to me well, uh, yeah it does what, it doesn't make sense what gas prices have anything to do with that yeah. transportation so gas prices will have something to do with everything, everything. Yeah. gas and corn and soybeans. You know, that gas it does have a big part of it. I was actually looking the other day at what our shipping costs are. Shipping costs, uh, I don't know, years ago, less than less than 10 years ago, um, we would pay surcharges of three to 6%, something like that. Mm -hmm. Surcharges right now are like 25%. 25% of the freight cost is just a fuel surcharge. Wow. Yeah. It's gone up a lot in the past five to 10 years. Pat and I were talking earlier. Those of you who don't know, Pat's our graphics guy and does all the catalogs. We could not find what the diesel supply was. Remember a couple of weeks ago, they're like, we have 25 days of diesel left. Nowhere. Cannot find like how many days of whatever we have left. Now, that number is obviously not real because it's going to get resupply, like refilled. It's not like it just goes. 
Mm-hmm. So, but it was just interesting that we couldn't find it. And I, it's interesting. I looked for it pretty good. Um, processing meats and meat cuts uh, for an aging population. Meat is an important source of protein, but many struggle to chew and digest it as they get older is what that's saying. So text specifically called me out in his post on that one <laughs> saying that that might be important to me. I'm pretty sure he's older than I am. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he is. I don't think he's so. Probably, I think he's between you and me. No, he's probably 47, 48, somewhere in that range. <laughs> no, I know he's not. I'm just trying to get back to him for that. Um, and then... Is, ha- hold on, but is that like a legit thing? Is what? Like, is that just someone putting a news story out there to be negative about the meat industry and stuff? Or is no, that I like imagine a legitimate deal? Yeah, I imagine that's real. Um, as you get older, things definitely get harder to digest, right? That's another reason I don't want to get older now. I, I can't I can't get to a point where I have to stop eating steak and well, hamburgers. and Pay more attention to your gut microbiome. I'm sure like what you have living in your gut is going to play a huge role I think one of the reasons it happens is so many old people are on just a ridiculous number of medications and antibiotics and antibiotics will absolutely destroy your gut microbiome. I was on, yeah, I was on antibiotics uh, a few weeks ago when I was sick with some stuff uh-huh. and I need to clear out an infection and oh my goodness, my, I don't ever remember having issues like that as a kid, but antibiotics destroyed my insides. Oh, and they just drained you. Yeah. I haven't been on antibiotics in I don't even know how long. I do have a couple of uh, bottles of amoxicillin in my basement. Now it's fish amoxicillin, <laughs> but but it's down there in case you know, just in case. You should be sharing that. There's like been an amoxicillin shortage. No, actually, I think it's just been like the suspension that they put it in or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, mine is for fish and for me and my wife in emergencies. So that's what that is. I um, find that funny coming from you that like refuses to ever go to a doctor or do anything. Yeah. No, that you that's have, why I have it. That you have medicine saved up just in case. But yeah, that is so that I don't have to go to a doctor okay. in case something happens. I mean, let's look at just my hands in any type of apocalypse. I'm not going to all of a sudden get more careful. So there's going to be some infections, you know, it's going to happen. Oh so we'll gosh. have to just be prepared. Um, the funny thing is, though, it's probably already expired. Like amoxicillin yeah. expires surprisingly fast. Yeah, but is it is that like seasoning where we have an expiration date on seasoning, but it doesn't really go bad? I feel like medicine's probably a little bit more. But is it? Maybe not. Well, hopefully we never find out. But if we do find out, I'll make sure to let you know. I, I take, and we're getting sidetracked, but I take, I take medicine that's like way expired all the time. And I think it still works. Like ibuprofen, I'll have ibuprofen that oh, I, didn't I know lose. That. It, it, it's in my car. It's been through hot, mm-hmm. been through cold. It's two years past the expiration. And I'm like, yep, take it. I still have pain relief. Didn't realize that that actually expired. Yeah. Cool. All, all medicine has an expiration on it. I think fair. I, I don't know. Not an expert. So don't take my advice. Uh, take this with a grain of salt. Sure. But, uh, I don't really care what it says on there. I still take it. I'm like, it's going to work. Okay. Less effective, but it'll work. Uh, this one is just was hilarious. Uh, the odd intersection of meat and masculinity. Uh, so through the media's expectation for men to be strong, the viewers are expected to follow in both appearance and behavior to have the muscles obtained through eating meat and 
demonstrate the ability to hunt and provide. According to Amy Calvert, eating meat as an activity involves the establishment of a power structure with human male animals as dominant, non-human, female feminized animals as subordinate. In the existing system, the feminine are hunted subordinates and the masculine are hunting dominators. To To not consume a lot of meat means failing to hunt the feminine side of this binary. What? Uh, what utter what, drivel. What was the point of this? What uh, unbelievable utter drivel. As more and more, well, okay, well, hold on. First of all, in that they also talk about everyone's favorite boogeyman, Jordan Peterson, about how he went on a unbelievably strict beef and salt only um, and they paint that as in some sort of negative light. What they don't tell you is Jordan Peterson had, and his daughter, had an incredibly serious autoimmune mm-hmm. disease. They don't know what it was. And they did an elimination diet and found that beef wasn't like they just woke up and were like, well, let's just only eat beef. Mm-hmm. They were doing elimination diets. And his daughter, who I, by the age of like 20 something, had had her knees replaced, I think a hip replaced, an ankle surgery, all based around, oh, what is that unbelievably common word that I can't think of right now? Swelling, arthritis. Mm. It was all like massive arthritis. So the, there is definitely some, some truth to that. And then as more and more people adopt plant-based diets for the sake of the environment and for the health And as these dietary options become more affordable and accessible, breaking this association of masculinity and meat is crucial to making the individual changes that make up the greater whole, a healthier, more compassionate planet. Even for people who don't see vegetarianism or veganism as a working part of their lifestyle, ending masculinity's reliance on something as arbitrary as eating meat is a worthwhile endeavor. Isn't eating meat just like a thing that people do? Yeah, I would to say survive. There's plenty of women calories. out there see, eating meat. I don't see that as anything relating to, yeah, masculinity or some struggle between male female. I just it, everybody eats. Meat. Justin, that sounds like it's excuse my French, just crap to me. It's drivel. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that is from somebody who has spent too much time on a college campus. Is yeah. what that comes down to. Yeah. Get out into the world, meet some normal people. The the biggest thing I like about this is that in the journal, it starts talking about uh, the TV show Man versus Food. And all <laughs> I can think about now and all I want to do is go watch an episode of Man versus Food. That, that was a good show. Yeah, that was a good show. Um, but I do want to bring up one other thing here. Um, it's not better for the environment and more people are seeing it. I keep seeing this quote from Steve Irwin that obviously, you know, how deep. 10 years ago, he's probably been dead 10 years, but it's been a long time, but it's starting to come around again. Um, and for anyone who wants to be like, Oh, well, you know, Steve Irwin was not a scientist, whatever. He was certainly a whole lot more in touch and in tune with nature than, you know, these big city living vegans. Um, but he says, let's say this, and he's showing something represents one cow, which will keep me in food for, let's say a month. Now that cow needs this much land and food. Well, you can imagine that cow needs X by Y amount of land and you can go trees and grow trees in it around that cow. You can have goannas, kangaroos, wallabies. You can have every other single Australian animal in and around that cow. 
if I was a vegetarian to feed me for that month, I need this much land and nothing else can grow there. Herein lies our problem. If we level that much land to grow rice and whatever, then no other animal could live there except for some insect pest species, which is very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I did look it up. Steve Irwin died 16 years oh, ago. Oh, wow. It's been a long time. I remember when he first started getting famous and I was like so amazed by him. It was just him chasing down crocodiles by himself. It was the most like amazing thing it would be him and his dog and a film crew. And he would be on the prow of his boat and he would jump out of the boat right onto a crocodile's back. I remember one time it rolled him down a hill while he was like with it. I think it even had him. Like I think it had bitten his hand or something. It was rolling down. It was just, you'd never seen anything even remotely uh -huh. like that before. He was absolutely amazing. He got a little annoying to me at the end, but. Yeah. I just find it uh, disappointing. Like one, I mean, you don't want to see anybody die, but like at least he could have like. Yeah. How gone out with like, him? with, yep. yeah, with the. Uh, something like a croc but it was just a, a stingray mm -hmm. uh, stabbed him in the heart that's just that sounds like a horrible way to go he was out. in the ocean down in australia where there are tons of great white sharks where saltwater crocodiles go and a stingray gets them <laughs> mm -hmm. that's not it's crazy fun or not that it would be fun anyway but that's not like ooh, he died the way he loved you know wrestling crocodiles no stingray yeah. All right. I like that quote from him though. Interesting to, yeah, kind of look at is how much does it take to do this versus that? Never really thought about that before. And we've talked about it a ton of times just but to always bring it up. And I saw, um, I don't watch the show Yellowstone, but uh, I saw a clip from it and Kevin Costner is talking to some hippie lady who I think is uh, Piper Parabell. Is that a name? I have no idea. She was in Coyote Ugly. Oh, whatever. Um, but he's like talking about how basically the same thing. Like that one cow is going to feed me and my family for however long. When you monocrop, you're killing every vole, every mouse, every grasshopper, every everything. And no one's eating that. It's like, so exactly how big does an animal have to be until you care about its life? Or, or let me just, let me just posit this. Could it perhaps be that you just want control over what I'm allowed to eat? Could that be it? Some Could that it, maybe be it? Some of it maybe. Oh, I think it's mostly that. I think we should uh, do start. Is, do what I tell you to do. I think we should start factory farming crickets for protein. <laughs> I just want to see your reaction there. Are you doing this so that you can then turn them against the cricket industry? Like, like, hey, this factory farming of crickets is just as bad. Or are you wanting to do it as like a revenge? Like, look what we're doing to your... All of the above. Okay. <laughs> There's a cricket industry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look at some... Like, if, I don't know. You bake a little bit, right? Yeah. You said you at least know how. Yeah, I know how. If you buy uh, flour at the store, you now have to check it because some of it will have up to 10% of cricket meal no in it. It's everywhere, man. It's absolutely everywhere. All right. The last story of the day... Um, and this has nothing to do with anything really. I just found it interesting. The headline of this was why this mammal eats its own brain 
and why that matter, should matter to you. <laughs> um, so it's the common shrew. And to survive colder months, the animal eats away at its own brain. It doesn't actually like eat it. It just, you know, it, it, I don't know how to say it. Like internally, it's like eating a fat reserve, like your yeah. body using a fat yeah. reserve. Uh, it reduces the organ by as much as a fourth, and then it regrain, regrows that in the spring. That's weird. Right? But I mean, you read that article, I was like, there's a zombie animal out there? What's going on? So I was a little bit disappointed in that, but still. Can we teach ourselves to do that? I don't think my brain needs to get any smaller. Oh, no, I'm just thinking just minimum size. grow our brains bigger. I saw a funny meme the other day. It was some guy who took a picture of himself and his head was, you know, big, almost like Megamind. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've been going to the library every day or a local <laughs> library and checking out however many books and then returning them the next day with a slightly larger prosthetic head on. It's <laughs> like, that is funny. That is good. I liked that. That made me laugh. Oh, that's awesome. <sighs> All right. We got anything else? I got nothing else. Cool. Um, next week, we should have uh, Kurt Ratzliff here with us. We're going to talk some hunting. He has spent some time out in the field recently. I want to just discuss that with him um, and what the difficulties I'm going to chase in a, or face in a stock or spot and stock hunt for a deer. That'd be fun. I'm sure I'm going to fail. Oh, go into it with some, with some confidence. No, I think I need to go into with some like low expectations, but like high drive. So that way, if I am lucky enough to do it, it's amazing. I also need to get way more time on long range with my 6.5 Creedmoor. Because I bet at anything past 100 yards right now, I'd miss by a foot. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you could shoot several hundred yards out, I mean, you're, you can get close enough. Yeah. You'll be fine. But if you're, I thought maybe you're like doing it with crossbow. No. Okay. No, that's insane. Then you'll, yeah, you could, yeah, you can do it. Then. I think the you'll farthest I've even tried to shoot my crossbow is 50 yards. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys.